Now, InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. Our next guest is the co-author of what he calls a new kind of personal finance book to get your house in order. He's Joe Saul Sihai, and the book is Stacked, Your Super Serious Guide to Modern Money Management. Joe, we often hear people say we've got to be serious when it comes to managing money, but you say laughter is more important than ever. Tell us about that. Well, before I was in financial media, which is the last 12 years before that, Chris, I was a financial planner. And during that time when I was financial planning, I got to do something that a lot of other people don't get to do, which is I got to see how dirty most of our closets are. Most of us are screwing up a lot of stuff when it comes to money. And yet, when we look at social media, when we look at some of the messages that we get, I think we feel this pressure to be perfect. And studies show that the fact that we want to be perfect is leading to some unhealthy things. In fact, there was a report recently out from a group called Nonfiction, a brilliant report called The Secret Financial Lives of Americans. And it showed a lot of disturbing numbers, but this one really was my impetus for this project with my co-author, Emily, which was over 150 million people in America say that they've cried about their money. 150 million, nearly half of us. And I was one of those people in the early 90s when I was living paycheck to paycheck. And there was a time at my lowest when I didn't know where my next meal was going to come from. But it actually isn't just those people, even though by and large, more people who are like I was cry about their money. The study even showed that of people making over $250,000 a year, nearly half of those people are crying about money. Now, there's reams of books, you know, on store shelves. There's podcasts like Stacking Benjamins. There's radio shows. There's YouTube channels. If there's so much information out there, why are we leaving so many people out? And the question I get asked most often about money is, what's hot? What's new? Let's talk about that stuff. You know what? It isn't about, I don't think people are crying about the fact that they don't really understand what NFTs are, or they're not crying about the fact that new legislation might make the mega backdoor Roth IRA go away, which is another you know hot thing in personal finance. I think they're crying for other reasons, which is this responsibility that maybe how we're spending our money is not indicative of what we really value. And so I thought it was a good time to get back to basics and also lighten it up. Joe, I understand you grew up in farm country and you believe in a metaphor, investments are like crops. What does that mean? Yeah, I did. I grew up in West Michigan and I worked in a lot of fields in high school and in college. And I'll tell you, even if you're not somebody like me, I don't think I'm going to lose people with this metaphor, but in the Northern Hemisphere, a time like now, you don't plant corn. You don't plant corn because it's probably going to die if you plant it right now. Instead, thousands of years of research has shown us and farmers know that you plant it in the spring and you harvest it in the fall and you don't take it out early. Now, what does that have to do with anything? Well, when we look at this wide universe of investments out there, there's so many different choices. We get this fear missing out on one hand, which is, hey, I heard about this hot thing. Is it good for me? Should I put money in that? The second thing is, I think we feel overwhelmed by all the stuff we feel like we need to research, but we don't have time to do. How do I research all these investments? Instead, if you treat things like the growing season, you're going to do a better job. In other words, I know 
that to get this particular goal I have, I need X number of years to get there. And then instead of looking at everything, Chris, I focus in on just the things, the investments that historically have done well over that time frame. I go from a bajillion investments, to use the technical term, to a very small subset of investment choices, which now with all that time I save by not trying to know everything about everything, I can dive much deeper into that type of investment and know what the heck I'm doing and be able to make some good investment decisions. And it also does, by the way, one other thing, which is a lot of us hear about different investments. We go, well, should I put money in that? It's okay for an investment to be a great investment, but just simply doesn't meet my growing season. I can be okay with the fact that I say no to something that might have been a great opportunity, but it just didn't fit. And I think that takes a lot of the pressure off us. Our guest is Joe Saul Sihai, and the book is Stacked, Your Super Serious Guide to Modern Money Management. Joe, one of your chapters is titled Debt or Driving a Moped Down a Dirt Road to Hell. Is debt really that bad? Well, it can be, and it was for me. And I'll tell you that getting out of debt, man, when I was a financial planner, I would work with people that had been trying to get out of debt for 20 or 25 years or even longer sometimes. And they always seemed to hang around. And I'll tell you what the basic problem was. If we don't change the way that we manage money fundamentally and we keep having to go back to the credit card, we're going to continue to have credit card debt if it's that type of debt. Now, for different types of debt, there's going to be different analogies, but let's just work through credit card debt. So if I'm trying to pay down debt, it makes sense. It makes logical sense to take all of my money and put it toward that debt because the interest rate on average credit card is about 23%. A savings account earns almost no money. And yet, it makes more sense to pay the minimal amount on that debt and put money in your savings account than it does to pay off the debt more quickly at first. Now, why is that? Mathematically, that makes no sense. Well, here's the deal. If you never put money in a savings account to break this chain, you have to either be lucky and nothing comes up or have a way to somehow get money when something does come up. And if every dollar is going to pay off the credit card, the next time your muffler's dragging behind the car, the dishwasher breaks down, your kid gets invited to a birthday party that you didn't realize was coming up, which happened to me a lot back back in the day, you got to go right back to the credit card. And the second you go back to the credit card, now you're back in debt more. So the key to getting out of debt is trying to free up cash flow, take that money and put it in a savings account. And then when you run into those problems that are going to come up, don't go to the credit card, go to the savings account to pay those. And then you'll get out of debt and you'll be out of debt, hopefully forever. Makes a lot of sense. What does it mean to timeline your goals? Oh, this is so good. I'm glad you asked this. We write down all these goals. And when we write them down, goal, 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 we deprive ourselves of some great conversations that one step further timelining helps us with. So what timelining your goals means is to take this act of writing things down and make it visual. So instead of line by line by line, take out a piece of paper and instead draw yourself and whoever you're planning with as a stick figure on the left-hand side, and then draw a line, which is the rest of your life across the paper. And then think of all your financial goals and lay them out as pieces on the line. And the first thing that does is something very powerful. We are visual creatures and study after study shows that if we can physically see our goal, our subconscious brain is going to work on all of them instead of just the next thing that comes up. So if I see them all, 
I now am thinking about retirement, putting my kids through college, maybe that next vacation, all these things that I'm going to need money for. But even more importantly, I'm looking at them in relation to each other. So for each of these goals, I'm going to draw a line from the time that I want it back to today. And I can see what I'm doing right toward that goal, what I might need to shift toward that goal. And I also might not be able to reach them all. And if I can't reach them all, what do I have to do differently? Maybe instead of paying 100% of my kids college, maybe I'll pay 80% and I'll teach junior like I had to go work in cornfields. Maybe I'll teach junior how to save money and how to save that other 20%. Or maybe we need a conversation about whether college, what does college mean to my family? Is it important? But what's happening here, Chris, and this is the most important thing. When you timeline your goals, you start having these value-based conversations. Is this goal more important than that one? How do I feel about these things anyway? Am I really saving towards stuff that I care about? I love that so much better than New Year's resolutions or writing down goals. And it was far more effective when I used to work with clients on that. So sort of like what they call a vision board where you put up pictures of what you want, but you're saying do it as a timeline, which makes tremendous sense. Love it. And then apply some math beyond that. Yeah. Joe Saul Sihai is the author and the book is stacked. Joe, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me, Chris. You're listening to InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know.